This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Thanks to Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. We have got a panel coming up on the show with Mike Thorpe from News Hub and George Berry as well. We're going to catch up with the pirate Selby Rickett on the mainland tactics and Amy Rule as well from Matatu. But right now, uh, out of Fiji, uh, getting ready to take on the Drua this afternoon is the newest crusader, Taha Kimura. Uh, Taha, g'day mate, how how is Fiji treating you? Oh, g'day. Uh, it's, it's, it's not everything I expected, to be honest. Had just finished the training session and holy, the humidity and the heat was pretty next level. So I think lucky to get a training session under the belt and I'm happy to go and captain's run tomorrow. And it's, Yeah, that's good. Yeah, mate. Well, now, Taha, yeah, obviously people um, may not know who you are or where, or where you play because you're a reasonably new face to a lot of Crusaders fans, but you did play for Waikato in the last Bunnings NPC. Uh, you're a number 10, uh, and you might get an opportunity off the bench this afternoon against the Drua. How, how excited are you? Oh, I'm absolutely stoked. Um, I think it's a big moment, not only for me, but for my family as well. Um, obviously, this has been a big goal of mine and it's come come this week obviously so nah it's obviously so exciting for me especially to be able to just come to Fiji and play a rugby just play a rugby game I think that's it. I'm just living the dream pretty much so yeah I'm really excited mate it's a long way from Te Awamudu Sports Club right yeah I know it's a bit of a wee while away but yeah nah always going to represent them though yeah, mate. Now, uh, I mean, a lot of people look at this and go, oh, why is, why is a boy from TA playing for the Crusaders? Uh, you have been in the Chiefs set-up previously. I think you played under the 20s for the Chiefs. How tough a decision was it for you to go to the red and black? Oh, it was obviously the toughest decision I've actually made so far. And um, obviously leaving home was a big one. I was, growing up, obviously wanted to be a Chief, growing up in the region. And, yeah, when things sort of got panned out and I was handed this opportunity, obviously I've admired the Crusaders from a distance. So when the opportunity arose, making the decision was definitely tough. But, you know, with some good conversations with my family and coaches and whatnot, it was just, I think it was the best decision for me, for my development going forward. And obviously it's just a huge opportunity and I was probably not going to turn it down when I got the call from Razor. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. What sort of ten are you? You know, we see different types of tens around. You know, you got let, let's go, let's go uh, and measure it by Chiefs. Sure, you got the Stephen Donald, more old school style uh, kick for position and run the cutter kind of uh, ten, or you got a Damian McKenzie who likes to maybe get into space, uh, take players on, take you know, keep the defence guessing if he's going to pass, kick or run. Uh, where do you see yourself? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm sort of like them or base my game, but I do like to have the attacking flair of, um, you know, players like Rich, Richie Moonga, lucky to be here with him, and like those types of players that I really like to base my game off. And, um, yeah, definitely having an attacking flair, but I think having that balance of being able to, as you just said, like play how Stephen Donald played with that game management side of things. So I think about rugby is having the balance, but, yeah, I definitely like to have the ball in hand and, um, yeah. Did you think when you signed for the Crusaders last year that your opportunity to play Super Rugby would come this fast? No, to be honest, no, not at all. I was just literally coming here just to get a year under the belt and learn as much as I can. And I think the faith that the Crusaders and the coaching staff have, have had in me and to give me the opportunity this week is obviously a big thing for me. So, yeah, I'm just going to take it with both hands and um, just go out there and have some fun.
Yeah, mate. Well, that's that's what you got to do. It's uh, it's going to be a great game. Really looking forward to it, mate. I mean, how much do you think the conditions might play a factor? I mean, is is the ball harder to hold on to in that that humidity, uh, that sort of thing? Oh, it is. It's, oh, I think it's just you like playing in the rain sometimes with the amount of sweat on the ball and the humidity. So I think yeah, we've definitely sort of this week had a big emphasis on that. Is that we're going to sort of play at that style and. I think, yeah, we're just going to go out there and um, adjust the conditions. And I think today was a big wake-up call for some boys, um, especially myself, knowing that never experienced this heat or played in this type of heat. So, yeah, it's going to take a bit of adjusting to what I said today. Now, you've signed a three-year deal there, and you get to have this year under Richie Moanga before he heads away to Japan. Uh, what what have you learned from him and, and what it's like? what is it like working with him day in, day out? Oh, it's actually like the dream for me. I think growing up, he was definitely a player coming through high school. And I think the thing that I learned about most about him from the short time of Benny is just he's just a winner. And I guess that's just plain and simple. And anything he does, he does it to win. And you can sort of tell from the history he's had at this club and the history he's had personally that he just loves to win. And I think he does anything in his power to put the team in a position to succeed and put himself in a position to succeed. So... It's something that I've really observed of him, and that on, obviously doesn't just come on the field. He does a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes, and yeah, just the main thing. And he's just a good bloke, so I think that's something that sort of that's what I'm taking forward from him. I guess the the difference from you from you know signing from playing you know Chiefs under twenties that sort of stuff, uh, playing at, at TA and things, uh, to being in this position, it's fully professional both on and off the field. What's been the biggest adjustment? for you as personally uh, now that you have to be professional on and off the field uh, across the board? You know, was there anything that you didn't really, uh, I guess, think you would have to do or anything you didn't even think about that would be part of your regime now? Yeah, big, huge, huge, a lot of things that I had to learn. And I think the biggest one was preparation, just the week. How you got to have a thorough week plan, a planned week. And I think moving into a game that it's not just about going to training and going home, switching off type of thing. You've got to put the work in. So video, that type of thing and planning. So I think that's something that I've really learned and picked up. And I still obviously have a lot to learn, but the biggest thing is preparation, building a week. And um, yeah, obviously going into the game with a real clear game plan and what, what you're about to do. So I think, yeah, it's the biggest thing. What about your game personally? Um, you know, I've seen a little bit of footage of you uh, playing for uh, the under-20s, playing a little bit of NPC, and, you know, you do like to have the ball in hand, but what, what do you think the biggest work on for you at the moment is this season? Definitely game management, I think, with time in the saddle and just getting under the, the wing of, like, Rich and the coaching staff here is just the game management. And I think that's a big one for young first fives is that, yeah, it's all good to run run the ball and that type of thing but having that game understanding to, and game awareness to uh, put your teams in the right part of the field and I think Scotty Hanson the assistant coach here he's been obviously biggest impact coach on, like on my on field so I think he's the guy that had the biggest impact on me so far and yeah I've still got a lot to learn but yeah I'm just taking everything as like it comes and Obviously, I'm going to get there hopefully one day. Yeah, definitely, mate. Sounds like it. Sounds like you're in the best place for that. Hey, let's get to know you a little bit better, Taha. Let's let's find a bit of, a bit more about you, eh? Um, given that you're you're, you're new to the Canterbury region and and to the Canterbury fans, mate. Uh, if I grabbed your your phone now and had a look at your Spotify, what am I going to find on there, mate? What are you thrashing? Oh, 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 oh it's a big mix. I don't know if I want to share some of the things, but uh, no, nah, I just like the chill chill music, you know. Not too, not nothing too head banging my head against the wall. So yeah, it's like chill.
just like to chill. What was what are we talking here? Some LAB, some Cora. What do you got? Yeah. Don't mind a bit of LAB, eh? Maybe a little bit of reggae mixed in there. Like a bit of that. So yeah, just anything can go. Uh, the DMB side, the the liquid DMB. So yeah, just got a big wide range of things. I think. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. What what about um, your favourite other sport other than rugby union? Have you, have you got another sport that you either either like to you know jam around in the backyard or just watch or, or play on the PlayStation? Oh yeah, uh, touch touch footy. I was brought up uh, playing that, and I think yeah, it's been. I was lucky enough to represent Waikato and whatnot for touch, so I think that was my favourite sport and still is one of my favourite sports and hopefully one day I can go back and play and yeah, obviously with the rugby situation it's not, not ideal to play that, but yeah, obviously that's definitely a sport I hold close to my heart. Now, I know he played the other code, but uh, I'm picking that you might be a bit of a Benji Marshall fan. He was a touch footy player too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, who isn't, to be honest? Especially uh, from the East Coast, he was because uh, I'm down from there as well. So yeah, he's a big, big guy for not only everyone in the touch scene and rugby scene, but yeah, just mouldy, mouldy people in general. I think. Yeah, nice mate. Uh, what what about uh, if you've got a weekend off, right? So you have got no training, you got no game. You can have a you can have a day a free day. Uh, just eat what you want, man. What's your, what's your cheat meal? What are you doing? Oh, uh, well, what am I going to? Uh, or maybe a little bit of KFC, eh? I like a little Wicked Wings, a bit of Wicked Wings. <laughs> Can't go wrong with them, mate. Mate, it's all, it's yeah, all, pro- it's all protein and you need to bulk up, eh? A bucket of Wicked Wings once yeah, a week yeah, will yeah. be all right. I obviously, obviously, I don't eat the skin, you know? Just peel it off and tuck it away and just eat the chicken, eh? So, and the coleslaw, so, yeah. Keep healthy. Yeah, sweet man, sweet. Uh, uh, who was your um, Who was your hero growing up? You know, did you have posters on the wall, the guy whose jersey you wanted, that sort of stuff? Oh yeah, um, Dan Carter, OEC. He was the biggest one that I was sort of observed growing up, and yeah, he just as I got older, I obviously realised he was much more than just a good player, and I had still watched to the day, watch a bit of clip on him, and he's just yeah, I think he's probably the greatest first five of all time, if not player. All right, mate. And finally, uh, who uh, is the most famous person you've met? Oh, I haven't. Uh, famous person. I haven't really met any famous people outside the rugby scene, eh? Yet this far, but maybe uh, I played with D-Mac last year, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, probably Damien, to be honest. Haven't, he's actually pretty famous, but, yeah. He's, pretty, he's the guy. He's pretty famous, all right, mate. Hey, listen, it uh, it's really good chatting to you, uh, Taha, and getting to know you a little bit better, mate. I wish you all the best for this afternoon. I hope you get off the pine and you get some minutes against the drawer and I uh, look forward to watching your career develop as well. Thank you so much for having me. This is Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Ricardo Ball and joining us out of Matatu is uh, Amy Rule. Uh, g'day, Amy. How's your Saturday treating you? Yeah, it's good. Um, good morning. We're just connecting with the team and just cruising, ready for game day. Ready for game day. I did wonder if um, if you had a walkout song. I was I was thinking about this. Uh, would it be Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears or would it be something by Ja Rule? What, what would you go with? Uh, definitely the first one. I think that really sets the scene. Um, I haven't quite got the team on board to get the whole, like, me out first walking with it, but maybe... Maybe next week. Yeah, yeah we'll, 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 have, we'll have to get... They'll have to do it, you know, for, I don't know, a 50th or a 100th appearance or something like that, surely. 
hundred percent. Well, that's the plan. Just got to get there first, and yeah. then I'm sure. It's going to be my day anyway, so what I say goes, isn't it? <laughs> 100%, mate, 100%. Um, how's the season been for you so far? Uh, epic. It's been so much fun. I feel like it's such a such a quick turnaround, but it's like such go, 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 go. But um, really exciting, really loving the team this season and really, just really excited to put in another like good game of footy out there today and really showcase what we're all about. Yeah, well, I mean, you you uh, you won and won so far in the season. Uh, you got um, the Chiefs Manawa side uh, for this weekend, who have been going great guns. So that's going to be a great challenge for you. I, I guess the other challenge uh, for Mata too, and for a lot of players out of the Canterbury region, is being on the field without Kendrick Coxedge telling you where to go and where to be, etc. Um, how how has that been uh, for you this season? Yeah, um, it's definitely a big space, big shoes to fill in. But Diane. Uh, Die Henny's definitely now that role and really um, come into her own in that role. Um, definitely a big missing. Loved having Kendra around, and she's such a great leader um, on the field. And just her experience and vision is just incredible. But um, it's just been exciting to be. I use look at the game differently, challenge ourselves in that space, and really now it's fifteen people looking up and making decisions. And yeah, I, I guess. Sometimes you find in teams where there's one dominant personality that if they have an off day, the team has an off day. Whereas if they're not there, sometimes everybody picks up a little bit more. Have you found a bit of that as well? Uh, yeah, like, I can't remember the last time Kendra had an off day, to be honest. That's true. That's why she's a legend, isn't it? But um, yeah, I think it's really cool um, having up-and-coming players come through, especially like Rosie Kelly, like a young playmaker, like her really stepping up in that role and taking charge and making decisions. And us as a team, we're a really young side. I think, um, except for our halfback last week, we're all under 25 in the back line. So it just shows how young we are. But um, I think a key thing is it's really exciting for us to, I guess, branch out, try new things and really challenge ourselves on the field. You had a great start to the season, uh, knocking over the Blues, and there's always that rivalry, isn't there? Um, South Island teams, whether it's Canterbury or, or Matatu, against a team out of Auckland. Uh, how did how did that feel to get that first win under your belt, uh, the first game proper for the season? Yeah, it was epic. It was it was it was fun. I think things were clicking. I think we really stuck to our game plan, and we had a good training week, and we re- reviewed well. And I think under the stadium as well, it's cool. Like there's a growing chunk from Otago um, players in our side to getting to play in the stadium was pretty epic and there's no excuses when you're under the roof um, for that kicking game as well which is what we love to do but also yeah that rivalry between the Canterbury and Auckland people is always fun it's always a lot of banter Um, there's some absolute athletes on that side so it's just a really good um, close up battle really yeah, I mean, both sides um, what, uh, are loaded with, you know, players that have represented their country uh, as well. And, and it feels like every game in this competition has really almost been like a Black Ferns trial, right? Everybody's trying to one-up each other. Yeah, that's, and that's the exciting thing. That's why, like, Opiki's just descending to the highest realm. That's, like, what that means. So that is literally a platform to really showcase what you've got and really put your hand up because, especially this year, like, new coaches, new opportunities, um, and after World Cup, like it's a real cool opportunity to really make something out of rugby, make it full, become full time, and really, um, I don't know, be the best you can be, and really reach for that pinnacle. 
Uh, the following week, your second week, last weekend, uh, you came up against the Hurricane Poa, uh, and uh, they, I mean, they bounced back from a big hiding from the Chiefs and, and edged you by a point. That rivalry as well. I mean, that that Hurricanes team have been growing in strength, haven't they? I mean, uh, how did you rate that performance, and what was the biggest challenge for you guys on the field? Yeah, um, Hurricanes came out with a hiss and a roar. They um, meant business heading into that game, and I think it really showcased that they're after their week before. There's not not a team to be forgotten about. Um, I think it was a really cool learning opportunity for us to see when we get into a bit of um, when we're on the back foot a wee bit or how we can how we can react. I think um, was a key learning. I think they reviewed us really well and they really attacked us in places we probably maybe weren't fully prepared for but um, it was an exciting game Um, I've heard lots of people say they really enjoyed it and that's the exciting thing that actually how close these games are they're still high scoring points but they're really exciting and really competitive and that's what you want in a competition like this uh, what's uh, Blair Baxter been doing with you guys this week uh, ahead of the big matchup, of course, uh, with Chiefs Manawa? I mean, it's a must win for you guys to, uh, to make sure that you're in that final, right? Um, can't give away too much, but um, getting into this game today, it's going to be really just sticking to what we've been doing throughout the week and really coming together as a team. I think it was a really exciting opportunity to exploit them in certain areas. Um, I think overall from 1 to 15, we've got really exciting players. They've got like superpowers. So just really unleashing that and really showcasing what Matatu is all about. Yeah, I mean, Crystal Coe has done a great job there. And I guess a little bit of a carrot for you guys is, if I'm correct, you haven't beaten them yet um, in Super Rugby Alpeki, right? They they beat your preseason and during the season last season. Um, so this is an opportunity for you to, to get one back. Yeah, 100%. We've got nothing to lose at this point. Um, we're going to be out gunning for them, really. They're, they're the top dogs, so they've always got their... Um, when you're on that pedestal, people... Or Hurricanes and Blues will be gunning for them um, for that top spot, and that's what the competition's all about, really, um, which is exciting. It means we can literally go out with a hiss and a roar and give everything we've got. Yeah, where, where do you think... Uh, I, I mean, I know you said you don't want to give too much away, but where do you think... You, you, you've watched the video, right, the last couple of games. You know what you saw last year, uh, what Crystal Coe has got that team doing. Uh, but where do you think they might be vulnerable? I think a real cool opportunity would be really... Oh, I would say probably they've got a real... They've got a really awesome four pack and they're going to really want to go for their malls and stuff and try and be real physical. So if we can stop it up front, because I think we've got a real cool, real smart four pack, and real um, clinical around that. So I think really shutting down their set piece will be a key part. But um, And I guess the backs will have something up their sleeves. I'm not sure. I'm a front rower, so I just kind of <laughs> stick to my role. But, um, yeah, I think just trying to be clinical at set piece. How have you found the changes in the laws um, for this season, uh, particularly around that rolling mall, you know, especially if it comes off a, a line-out where the, line, the, the, the ball carrier, if you like, or the person that's collected the ball has to be the one touching the opposition. You can't play somebody in behind them now to, to protect the ball. Has is, is that made it easier uh, to attack, do you think, as the team without the ball? Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just different. I, I feel like heading into malls, they're so, such a fluent thing, and it's one of those things. You want to be technical and tactical, but sometimes you sort of smack it and get in as hard as and fast as you can. You don't really have time to really worry about who's protecting the ball. It's just really opportunity to stop it at the source. Um, I haven't noticed it too much um, within this season, but maybe in the future. 
I mean, I don't know if you put your feet up and, and watch um, Super Rugby at all. Have you seen it there? Have you seen an operation there? Is it something that's caught your eye? Yeah, I think it's a real, probably an opportunity, like people probably exploited it, really wanting to have that second person to really protect the ball. So I think mm. understanding, um, finding new ways, I think really making sure that um, that person with the ball is protected or trying to get them as long as possible, I think that would be the key thing. The further they can get away from the opposition, the more likely it's going to be protected. That's all I've really noticed with Super Rugby. What about uh, the, the travel? Um, this is going to be your first away game, as it were, going to FMG Stadium. How does that affect your match prep? It's just understanding that you're away in a hotel. So I'm definitely, a, I love my sleep, so I bring my own pillow. So it makes me feel a little bit more like home. Um, but it, it, I love it. It's cool to get away with the girls and connect and have a bit of fun. And I do love um, FMG Stadium. It's a great atmosphere, and we just love the crowds and the atmosphere of the stadium, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, Amy. All right, well, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. I know you've got a flight to catch, so we'll let you go, but best of luck this uh, well this afternoon up against Chiefs Manoa, and uh, hopefully we can talk again uh, when Mother Tour are in the final, eh? Yeah, sounds good. It's good talking to you. Thanks again. You're on SENZ. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Time now for your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. And Tapaya Selby Rickett joins us from the Mainland Tactics. Uh, good morning, Tapaya. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. You've got to be feeling pretty good after that uh, first big uh, win for the season, the start of the uh, ANZ. Yeah, it was a good start for us. Um, the last couple of seasons, we've actually lost. Um, our first few games, so it was good to get a win first on the board, um, especially against the Stars. I've got a pretty good, some pretty good names in their team. Um, so yeah, happy with the dub. Yeah, definitely happy with the dub. Uh, in terms of changes for you uh, this season, having Alia Dunn and the shooting circle with you has has got to be a big one. I mean, uh, I know that the Pulse didn't win the thing last year, but she was probably the best shooter in the comp, wasn't she? And uh, that's got to uh, give you an added threat for the tactics. Yeah, they did win it actually, the Pulse, um, and she's been probably the top goal shooter in the competition for the past three or four years, so it was a huge bonus for us getting her down here. Um, she's got so much experience, she's won a couple of titles, um, and she's just so accurate, so it makes my job really easy. Yeah, I bet it does. Um, she'll be working with Marg and the team down there as well, and and I guess part of what she's looking for is maybe getting into that Silver Fern setup because uh, for me that was a bit of a head scratcher that she couldn't quite crack it despite the season she yeah. had last season. Yeah, honestly, she's definitely one of the best shooters. She's definitely good enough to be in there. I think what's just let her down in the past is um, just her fitness levels. have got really strict um, fitness you know, um, expectations um, part, as part of being in the Silver Fern. So I'm sure this year we've been working really hard in the preseason, and we've been pushed probably the hardest we've ever been pushed by our new trainer, Mark. Um, so I'm sure, hopefully, if, if any year, this is the year that she should be able to um, crack that that, um, that fitness testing. Yeah, I mean, you said that she makes your job easy. How much time does it take um, in preseason or game time for you to really gel with someone to have that understanding where you know you can you can throw a bounce pass or or over the top pass and just know that they're going to be there. Um, it, it does take a bit of time. Um, with even in preseason, you have some good games, but it's not till you're under you know that real pressure of ANZ um, Premiership that you actually find out how each other play and what works and what doesn't. And um, we were happy with the game on what night was it Sunday Monday night, but there's still stuff that we want to work on. We know we can be way better, so hopefully we just keep building and, and improving each week as as the season goes on. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, another big part of uh, that, it's it's not just the two of you, of course. Uh, you're certainly relying on Kimi Poi as well. And I mean, she had, had a, a great first game. I think uh, we have a show uh, on SENZ that Storm Purvis host called Centre Pass, and uh, Kimi Poi was was her wing attack for the week for the, for the first round. Um, how's that partnership settling in, the three of you? Yeah, really good, actually. Um, she's um, usually our centre. She's played centre for the last four or five seasons that she's been in the um, ANZ Premiership, and so this is the first year that she's you know, getting those games in that wing attack. So it's, it's really good for her to be able to add add that position to her um, to her repertoire because you know it's always better being, being able to play a couple of positions, and she's really good feeder. Um, so I think she's just really looking at building that, and hopefully me and Aaliyah can give her some pretty solid, solid options to make her job easier as well, but I thought she had a great great first-up game. Yeah, how much work do you do just uh, on on shooting hoops uh, week in, week out? Yeah, well, we train pretty much nearly every day. So we try and get there a bit earlier before training and put some shots up and sometimes stay afterwards and put shots up as well. Um, But, yeah, it's just just that um, muscle memory. So you just got to shoot as much as you can. Um, And I'm really lucky that um, I've got – we've got some – We've got these new hoops actually at Tactics that we've had for about a year now that are a little bit smaller than normal hoops. So um, you have to really, you know, be really accurate if you want to get that goal. And so we, we usually, in our practices, we practice with the, the skinny hoops up so that when it gets to the um, to the harder games, um, the shooting, ideally the shooting is easier. So, yeah, we've been really lucky. I can't remember. I think they called the shoot. Yeah, so we've been using those um, for the last year, which I think definitely helped. Yeah, definitely sharpen things up, eh? Make uh, yeah, you make you make you more accurate. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the other end of the court, of course, you got Jane Watson and Karen Berger. I mean, it's just, it's just a wall, isn't it? Uh, in terms of stopping um, the other team from scoring, having those two at the other end of the court. So added goals up front with Alia. Those two back together as a partnership at the back uh, looks good for a title yeah. tilt this season. Yeah, well, that's the aim. Um, we're really lucky to have singers with those who are really experienced as well. They've got international experience. Jane's been around for a while. Um, she's had a year off um, having her baby, so she's come back honestly better than ever. She's looking really good. She's so fit. It's like she never, she didn't miss a beat. She's so fit, and um, she's as loud as ever. She's always um, talking, and you know her comms are really good. And with Cara, and she's really experienced as well. She's had a little um, while off with a foot injury, but she's come back really fit. She worked hard hard in the, um, her prehab in the off-season, and they're just clicking really well. They had a really good game on Monday night, and, um, yeah, we're just really lucky to have them. The good thing about them as well is they're versatile. Jane can slide into goal D, and Karen can slide into wing D. So we've got a team that we can sort of have numerous combinations. So depending on who we play, we can change things up, which is really exciting. You come from a, a pretty sporting family. Uh, Manaki, your brother, obviously, uh, your old man, was was not a bad rugby player either. Um I know you've 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 probably dabbled in a few sports, but was netball always your first choice? Have, have you, you know, thrown the rugby ball around the backyard a bit? Was that ever a temptation for you? No, not really. I was really into basketball actually. Growing up, we all played a bit of basketball, um, and I loved it. I was pretty much fifty fifty. I liked both of them um, right through till I was about seventeen, and then sort of had to make the decision. Um, you know, what way to go because you'd have tournaments clashing on weekends and on the school holidays and things like that. And I sort of had to make a decision on what one I really wanted to give a crack. And unfortunately, with, um, with basketball in New Zealand, there wasn't much funding. So it was costing my parents a lot of money for me to go to basketball tournaments and, um, you know, training camps and things like that. So I sort of went with netball. But, um, yeah, we've really always loved basketball. But 
rugby. No, not really. I never really, um, I was a bit too soft, I think, and I'm quite a long way from the ground, so I don't know how I'd go, how I'd go if I was tackled. Yeah. But yeah, I'm probably a bit soft with that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you cope with the the elbows in the shooting circle? Yeah, you sort of just get used to it. I grew up, um, you know, with five other siblings, and we were always in the backyard playing, you know, whatever sport, basketball, netball, or whatever. So you sort of get used to the elbows, but. Um, yeah, definitely. Netball is a lot rougher than people think it is. It's definitely not a um, non-contact sport, that's for sure. No, no. I, I played, <laughs> this is about 100 years ago, Tapai, but I played uh, in an indoor netball league in Glen Innes in, in Auckland. And uh, we had a team of Fafainis that we played against. And honestly, I, I played league as well. And I reckon I came out more bruised from that. Yeah, definitely. 100%. But um, people are also getting taller and stronger and fitter, so... Yeah, the, the contests out on court are definitely, there's some big hits out there these days. Yeah, massive hits, <laughs> massive hits. Um, now, one, one thing uh, I noticed about your opposition this weekend, you got the Mystics, of course, on uh, tomorrow. And uh, in the fourth quarter uh, last week, uh, in their big win against the Steel, uh, they switched Grayson Wiki to goal attack. Uh, a, what did you make of that move? And B, what, how different is the mindset from wearing the goal shoot bib to the goal attack bib? Yeah, it's completely different. I think um, as a goal shoot, your, your, your number one job is just to stand under the hoop and put the goals in. But as a goal attack, it's obviously a lot harder on the lungs. You've got um, you've got to be involved in the centre pass, which is a huge part of obviously, you know, the sport and getting the getting the goal, the ball down to the hoop. Um, you're a lot more um, involved in the D as well. So yeah, I actually did see her um, chuck on the goal attack in that last quarter. I actually saw her do that at our preseason tournament as well, and I. Sort of asked her what's that about, and I think she's just wanting to add more to her game at the moment. People are just, you know, saying that she she sort of just stands under the hoop, but she wants to sort of add more to her game. So it's just that sort of add a bit of a bit more movement, a bit more footwork, and it also helps with the fitness as well. So yeah, I don't know if they're going to keep doing that, but um, it'll be interesting to see this weekend if they yeah. chuck her out. There. She's a pretty big target. Yeah, she's a massive target, <laughs> uh, and I guess uh, you know from a um, from an understanding point of view, if you play a little bit a goal attack, if you're a goal shoot, it gives you a bit more understanding of what your partner is doing or what they're looking for. So it helps improve your game on that front too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started off playing goal shoot and it made the switch to goal attack, and yeah, it definitely helps when you can when you sort of understand both positions. But yeah, a goal shoot is a tough position. I, there's a bit more, you know, you get I think you get hit a lot more because you're just standing under the hoop and people are just smashing you. But um, definitely on the lungs, the goal, goal attack is much harder. I think. <laughs> now, uh, Tia, it, it seems it almost feels like she's still she's still in preseason. I know it's her first season as head coach there, but um, at, at the end of the court you're going to be at, she tried a few different things as well, right? So she started in the first quarter with Sulu Fitzpatrick and Carrie Stive uh, at goal keep and goal defence. Then Carries went to goal keep in the second quarter, and Phoenix Karaka came on uh, to goal D. Then she went back to the quarter one set up for quarter three. And then the fourth quarter, Carries carried on at goal keep and Mikhaila uh, Sokolic-Beatson came on to goal D. So what do you make of that as someone that's going to have to measure up to them this weekend? What do you think she's doing there? Yeah, I think she's just trying out all her options. Um, she's obviously got a lot of experience with um, Silo and Phoenix, goal keep and goal D. But I also know that um, Silo's announced her retirement after the season. So they're probably just trying to, you know, especially when they've got those good leads in those games, um, they want to try and, put their young ones on and Kara Slice had a, a really good season last year. I thought um, she had her first season. I think she's only 18 or 19 and they chucked her on a few times and she did a really good job. So I guess they're looking for the future, but also um, they just got a lot of variety on who they can play. So 
we, we know that. We're prepared for that. Um, they've also got quite a bit of height down their D end and experience. Um, Phoenix has been playing, you know, Goldie for the Silver Ferns most of um, the last year. So um, they've also got Michaela Sokolich who can play both, and she's really cool as well for a windy. So um, just like us, I think they've got a, a lot of variety, so it'll be interesting to see um, how they play that this weekend. Yeah, keep you guessing too, right? You're never quite sure what you're going to yeah. get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff to play. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on. I uh, really appreciate your time, mate. Best of luck uh, tomorrow up against the Mystics uh, in round two, and uh, hopefully uh, we, we see you two clash again maybe in the final. Thank you very much. Catch you later. Catch you later. Tapia Selby Rickett there with us. That was your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Homes tactics. Check out our modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner and time for our panel. Thanks to Melray Electric putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Uh, joining us from News Hub is Mike Thorpe. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Canterbury Sports Hack extraordinaire. George Berry also joins us. We should talk Crusaders off the top. Uh, of course, the boys are away in Fiji to take on the Drua this weekend and we know that uh, you know uh, Scott Robertson is probably not going to well he's not going to be there next season so a question I had for you gentlemen is what's the coaching depth like in that setup at Canterbury and at the Crusaders I mean I look at it and think they've lost Jace Ryan to the ABs uh, Leon McDonald may have been somebody that was in their thoughts a couple of seasons ago he's obviously at the Blues now so uh, start with you Mike, how deep do you reckon that coaching is and who is the next cab off the rank for the Crusaders? I would be really surprised if they wandered too far from those who are there now. I think if you look back to where they were when, when Robertson was appointed, they've come through some fruitless years with, with blackouts, so there were some big changes needed. But look at the success that Robertson's had. They won't want to deviate too far from, from where it's been over the past five years. So... I think I think Hanson's definitely in the uh, in the running for that, and and they'll want it to be as seamless as possible. In terms of what happens with assistance, I think that's probably where some of the surprises might come. And who knows? Maybe by then, someone like a, an old school Matt Todd may have done enough to um, start to enter that setup. Yeah. What What about you, George? I guess um, you could take the fact that Razor was away last week, and Scott Hanson ran the cutter as a, a bit of a nod to where they might go. What do you think? Yeah, I'm probably lucky enough, Ricardo, to spend a fair bit of time at Rugby Park and sort of see a little bit of uh, who's doing what. Uh, and absolutely, uh, Tamani Ellison, or he is going away to coach uh, Wellington, be the head coach of Wellington this year. So that'll give him a bit of head coaching experience. Uh, so he would have to be not too far away. Scotty Hanson certainly served as apprenticeship uh, under Razor and done a lot in that space too. Um, with New Zealand under-20s and uh, that team last year, All Blacks 15, I think it was. Uh, so he's got to be right up there. It'll come back to a bit of player-driven stuff uh, as well and what that might look like. Uh, Marty Burke's even gone pretty good with Canterbury, obviously, last year, but first year at NPC. Uh, he's now coaching the Crusaders' development uh, this year as well. So there is a bit of a pipeline that's going on. Uh, yeah, interesting point from Thorpey around Matt Todd. He'll be back from Japan, I think. I'd be surprised... Uh, if he got anything more in the Crusaders at this stage, maybe another year with Canterbury would be a, a, a welcome thing for him. Tim Bateman's another one that's been really talked up quite heavily um, around getting involved in that from a coaching perspective. But also remember Andy Ellis has just come back from New York looking for a bit of something to do as well. And you know, I dare say Kieran Reid might uh, dip his uh, toe into a bit of coaching in the next uh, year or so too. So there's some pretty healthy names to chuck in there that have all come through the Canterbury and the Crusaders kind of system over the last you know, 10 or 15 years. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's some interesting calls there. Kieran Reid, I mean, I thought uh, if he's going to dip his toe and uh, it might be our pookie way. Uh, the county's boy's gone home, hasn't he? He's closer to all the TV stations and everything by being in Auckland. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think the key part for them is getting to a, within a group that they want to be be part of and uh, having all that IP would be interesting to see whether they'd bring it in. Um, so I guess it's a little bit like the Matt Todds that come in as a bit of a specialist coach, more so than a sort of long-term assistant or something like that. But yeah, where he ends up, I kind of can't see them doing an apprenticeship, as you sort of think. A lot of them just get thrown in the top end because, you know, you look at Super Rugby now, most teams have got five or six coaches, so uh, there's a fair bit of uh, conversation going on and, and not many of them have to go through the system and do under-20s or do first 15 before they land that big job, if, if they've been a you know, reasonable player. All right, well, uh, let's talk about the Crusaders as well. Didn't have the best start of the season, uh, losing that first game to the Chiefs in Christchurch. Uh, they managed to rectify that against the Highlanders last weekend. A bit of a tricky assignment, though, this weekend, uh, Mike, away in Fiji. I mean, the Drua showed the Waratahs what they're capable of for 50 minutes and just sort of fell off towards the end. But in front of that home crowd, uh, this could be an interesting uh, test for the Crusaders. Yeah, and potentially just what they need at this time of year as well. You know, it's been a a little bit of a slow build after that first week against the Chiefs and then obviously came home strong against the Highlanders in the, in the second week. But um, maybe it's just what they need to to get that grind going. It'll be tough over there, super tough, obviously, the conditions as well. But the Drewer can play some right now. And I, I agree, Ricardo. I think you hit the nail on the head. With that hometown support that they're going to have, It'll be it'll be some kind of atmosphere. So, by the way, um, it'll be uh, it'll be a great game to watch. It will be a great game to watch. I'm also hearing that uh, we might see a dub debutant off the bench uh, now. Uh, We've got Fergus Burke starting in 10, so Richie getting a, a weekend off. But Taha Kemera is uh, in line to make his debut off the bench. Uh, George, as you mentioned earlier, you spent a bit of time around that environment. Uh, what can we expect? Yeah, Taha goes good. I think you might see a little bit of reshuffle in a hooker as well uh, this week with Cody Taylor's uh, having a rest with his All Blacks rest and uh, Brody McAllister obviously getting beaten up last week. So I hear that uh, Quinton McDonald actually uh, put flown in from Tasman to then join the crew that then has uh, ripped up to Fiji. So uh, yeah, Taha's yeah, really interesting uh, talent. There's a number of those other young guys coming through on the wing. Um, you saw Max you know, get a run the other week too as well. So yeah, the Crusaders will do well to kind of blood a few new players. But, I mean, you saw Fergus Burke at the end of last year in NPC. Uh, he just absolutely run the cutter for Canterbury. So he'll do a good job. They've done a really good job over the last few years too, just sort of bringing one, two, three players through as they've needed. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't expect the apple cart to be upset too much uh, as long as they can play the structured game the way that uh, Crusaders want to play. If the Drua get the unstructured game that they want, well, yeah, that would be the one that we've done. Turn the game upside down. Yeah, all right, gentlemen. Let's have a look at something else. Uh, basketball, uh, because we're only well, less than a month. I think it tips off the first weekend in April. The sales NBL and uh, the Canterbury Rams. Uh, everybody else has announced some players left, right, and centre. We haven't had an announcement yet from the Rams. George, I know you love your basketball, mate. Have you heard anything? How strong do you think the Rams are going to be this season? Should we be concerned? We don't know who's in the squad a month out from tip off. 
Now, there's a little bit going on behind the scenes, but their intention is to try and bring as many uh, young guys through. You had uh, young Brown that was uh, got an opportunity for the Rams last year and has been away playing for Tasmania as well, so expect him to come back. I see you got a run for the Tall Blacks the other week too. Uh, but there's usually guys floating around and, and the likes of Jack Salt and others. It, it'll really depend on exactly who's coaching and what that looks like. But yeah, I also think the Rams are, are probably see themselves more as a development-style club nowadays than someone that's going to really have a crack at the title every year. I know you always want to win, but yeah, I think they'll, they'll be a, a team that'll try and bring as much local talent through um, as they will sort of bringing in too many imports. Um, so you yeah, expect to see a bit more local talent in the future with the Rams. All right, that's good stuff. Now, uh, there's also been a bit of talk about expansion of uh, different uh, different competitions, including the ANBL and the NRL and the A-League, for that matter. Um, and Tony Kemp is a, a part of our breakfast show here at SCNZ, along with Izzy Dag, and he suggested that if they're going to do a second NRL franchise in New Zealand, he, he likes the Southern Bears, uh, put them in Christchurch, maybe uh, even have the Crusaders as a stakeholder in that setup. Uh, I know you've had Manly there recently, uh, in recent years, he had Melbourne there in pre-season. Mike, do you think Christchurch could support a franchise in the NRL? I absolutely do, Ricardo. I've been pushing this barrow for some time. And if you were at the uh, the trial game back, Warriors in the Storm, it was an afternoon to remember because the crowd was fantastic. It was a beautiful day. That obviously helped, but they turned out in their thousands. And it was, it was just good to have something else available in terms of live sport in Canterbury. So I absolutely think that it could um, could sustain it with supporter base, but also with local talent as well. You look at the NRL now, Jordan Ricky at the uh, at the Broncos as a Canterbury boy, Griffin Neem at the Cowboys as a West Coaster, Jermaine Asako as a Christchurch boy, Dejan Arcee, and then there's a, a bunch of kids coming through as well. If you look uh, at the Cronulla Sharks SG ball team, uh, a young kid by the name of, of Felix Fatili is absolutely ripping it up. So there is there is homegrown talent coming out of Canterbury. I think if you look further afield to Otago and maybe some of that Wellington talent as well, um, you would absolutely wind up with a, a southern team that's basically everything that is in Auckland, and you would uh, you'd get that supporter base easy. Yeah, what, do you, what do you reckon, George? Do you, do you think that enough time is under the bridge, enough water's under the bridge now that uh, we can put aside the Union League thing and it'll just be seen as a professional sporting opportunity and maybe the Crusaders would be involved? Mate, you boys should go and get a dozen roses and a bottle of wine and sit down with Kempe and get all romantic on it because it ain't going to happen. It definitely ain't going to happen. There is absolutely is a power of talent, but I mean, you think back to when the Warriors were set up, they were set up as a development club. I've gone away from themselves. Their best years are when they had the likes of Brent Tate and Price and all of those Aussies that actually had a bit of starch to their, uh, their team. I also think it's really challenging in a space to get, what, 16 or 18 weeks worth of um, competition, so what's that, 10, 12 home games going on, and have an identity in the South Island, and or include Wellington, or however you want to do it, but to keep all of your stakeholders happy, it's really difficult, and, and to have a home ground, that, that was awesome against Manly the other week, um, to see that, but that is a one-off, um, and to, to fill those stadiums on a regular basis, make it financially viable, I, I honestly, I, unfortunately, because I would love it too, um, but I, I, I think we're dreaming Gentlemen, thank you very much for being part of the panel. Thanks to Melray Electric putting the spark in Canterbury Rugby. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon.